welcome to the Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shoutouts, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Welcome to Fracture Line, everyone. Dr. Crisco is vacationing today. I think he's out on the ocean sailing, so we won't have his his expertise and humor, but I think we'll we'll muddle through. I'm joined today with Dr. Zachary Bauman and, and Dr. Jose Diaz, who's our guest, and of course, as always, our CEO, Sarah Ann Whitbeck. So welcome, guys. Thank you. Hello. Um, Dr. Diaz, uh, we usually start out with our guests just introducing themselves briefly. Most people will know you, but give us just a little summary of what you do and what your interests are and what you care about. Sure. Uh, thanks, Tom, again for the invitation. Uh, I currently work at the University of Maryland at the uh, renowned R. Adams Cowley Shock Trauma Center. My uh, primary duties here, I am uh, the Division Chief of Acute Care Surgery, as well as the Fellowship Director of Acute Care Surgery. For the institution, I'm the Surgery Quality Officer. Uh, so I, I do a lot of emergency surgery, but I also do still a lot of trauma care, some ICU uh, coverage as well. My interests uh, have always been in the area of trauma, both chest wall injury as well as complex abdominal wall management, <clears throat> which usually is accompanied by some type of GI reconstruction, which means fistulas. As far as uh, chest wall injury is concerned, um, I've had a long interest as far as a long history in, in the care and development of the management and an evolution of the surgical management of chest wall injury. My first chest wall stabilization case was in the year 2000 before any of the current uh, products that are out there. Uh, I actually have a slide of um, um, a chest wall injury that I took care of using stainless steel uh, mini frag set patient who'd been ejected and landed on a guardrail on a country road in Tennessee and then had to figure out how to put all that back together again. So subsequent after that, uh, you know, that became kind of a clinical interest after being successful, thankfully. I think if it was unsuccessful, I probably wouldn't be doing it anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that kind of started out. And, you know, back then, both uh, John Mabry and I, you know, were having early conversations about, uh, you know, the concept and the approach and the fact that uh, we currently didn't have anything other than some K wires and some stainless steel plates to kind of address some of these injuries. Uh, and really we're, you know, trying to figure out just off the cuff how to address it. And, and back then we were really, you know, taking care of people just, you know, stoved in chests and just terrible injuries. Did you ever foresee a day that science and the techniques would develop to, to the point where they are now? Or was <clears throat> well, it was rather uh, thankful when we got to the point where it was mid 2005 and, uh, you know, Synthes, uh, I think was, you know, either Synthes or Acute Innovation were the two companies that were starting to develop products. And I started working with both of them consulting in terms of, you know, having some idea. And at that point, then I got really hopeful. Now, I did not think that uh, it was going to take as long as it has uh, to get all the data we have. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of great, smart people out there that have been able to contribute to this area. Uh, and I think that I've had some opportunity to train some fellows, some trauma fellows who have contributed to the science. And, and I think that's probably the, the funnest part is the fact that, you know, both my experience when I was at Vanderbilt and here in Maryland, you know, I've trained individuals who probably cumulatively have done way more chest wall cases than I've done in the last 20 years. You bring up a good point. 
I actually am curious as the fellowship director, how have you seen the fellowship change in regards to a chest wall injury repair and kind of how have you maybe um, changed the fellowship to address some of those uh, major issues? Well, from fellowship training, obviously the most of the fellows want to be able to do all the trauma cases from, you know, bad, you know, um, liver injury to abdominal wall reconstruction and incorporate uh, both chest wall injury management. As far as chest wall injury management, what we've done is we put on an annual course uh, and because, you know, products are what they are most hospitals, I usually will bring all the products in and have everyone have some time with the individual products, teach them some science, get some basic uh, anatomy lectures and techniques, and then have gone to the anatomy board uh, across the street and, and give every one of the industry partners a cadaver and basically do a rotation. Babak Sharani has been one of my partner who's been to, up here several times. Uh, we've kind of walked through it. Uh, by the way, I taught Babak Sharani how to do rib plating, by the way. <laughs> I think he told us that. That's a claim to fame, <laughs> actually. That. <laughs> that is a claim to fame. <clears throat> but uh, that's how we've, we've done it. And it's interesting that this last year, one of my senior colleagues, Dr. Sharon Henry, you know, the, the editor of the ATLS book, you know, we, we all, even when we get old, want to learn new tricks. And she's now begun to incorporate rib plating into her surgical trial practice. So I know that uh, about a week ago, because we, we have a mechanism of how do you credential people to do new operations, uh, which is something that we have to do, I think, in medicine and surgery, because we have a lot of innovative folks who, you know, come up with new ideas. And the question is, how do you give them privileges to do that? So we came up with just a simple process, you know, some proctoring of X number of cases. So I proctored her. Um, I brought in a couple of different systems just in case, you know, uh, she liked one versus the other. Uh, and I know that uh, I think it was maybe about a week and a half ago, she did her first independent case after doing probably about uh, six or seven cases with me. That's fantastic. That is good. We had um, Dr. Tim Pullman um, gave a really, really thought-provoking talk um, at the summit this year. Or, well, I guess not necessarily um, intended as much about proctoring, but more about credentialing and what it takes. You know, what what CWIS should do and how we should be thinking about it and what everybody's doing in their respective facilities. You know, everybody's doing something different. And maybe is there one golden standard, you know, or should we be promoting one thing? Because I get a lot of new members, not new members, people are setting up new programs that are calling and saying, hey, what's, you know, what does CWIS recommend? You know, and we don't have one one thing at this time. Um, but that was sort of the, the generation of the discussion with Dr. Pullman was to say maybe, maybe that is something CWIS should be tackling is designing something that says, okay, we've got, you know, bringing everybody's together and then trying to identify, is there something that works better than, than another? You know, your experience having been so vast, I think, I think that would be, that would be really helpful. So may keep you on my short list of people to pester soon. <laughs> sure. I'd be happy to. This is exactly how people get sucked into projects, by the way. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm curious about the course. If someone comes and takes your course, do they get to wear pink scrubs too, or do they have to bring? Yeah, they can wear uh, the pink scrubs. I mean, we okay. have blue ones too, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Shock trauma. You're 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 obviously at an institution that is venerated and you know iconic. Do you ever just 
pinch yourself or, you know, go out and make sure that it actually is your name on the door of your office? Or do, do, do you, are you still in awe of the, of the institution and, and the quality of health care that comes out of that place and the training? Clearly I did when I first got here. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the ghosts that are running around here, uh, you know, definitely, you know, people that uh, you work to try to become. This summer, my uh, office colleague, the honorable and world famous uh, Dr. David Feliciano is fully retiring from clinical practice. Um, but yet he was here this morning running uh, M&M. I suspect that he will still be coming in and telling us uh, what we did wrong for at least a few years to come. But, uh, you know, he is stepping down. It's uh, funny. I got a call from a new member recently who said, well, how does the trauma center do it? You know, and, and I paused and said, I'm sorry, which trauma center? And and then he paused and said, oh, I'm sorry, Maryland Shock Trauma Center. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. you may have to, uh, you know, call back the V from Ohio State since they apparently have now trademarked the word. But, well, but uh, we, we you definitely the, have the notoriety. We call it the R. Adam, the R. Adam Trauma Center. Um, can, that's fantastic. Can you remember that index case, Jose, those stainless steel plates? How did that patient do? And... Uh, did you have to take them out? Uh, I don't recall having to take them out. Uh, he actually did very well. Uh, I mean, that was obviously a concern as we later learned, or I later learned, of how stiff they were. Uh, and actually, we ended up putting uh, quite a few plates on. Uh, he did fair, pretty well because uh, the first was a damage control. We took out his spleen. Uh, you know, I probably did some bowel work, if I remember correctly. After then coming back and you know, stage re repair of his diaphragm and close his abdomen, and then probably day three, four, something like that, then, you know, fix his chest wall and suck out a bunch of blood out of his chest. But I, he probably was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. Did not get trached, if I remember correctly. Uh, and actually did surprisingly well to everybody's surprise. That's amazing. Now you yeah. were part of that initial think tank that that I think the idea of the first meeting came from, right, Dr. White? I mean, that was where the the Vegas meeting, the famous people, Vegas meeting. Yes, the famous. We're not allowed. To, we're not allowed to talk Vegas about the Vegas meeting. meeting. We can't talk. <laughs> right. Oh, you mean the meeting? Uh -huh. Yeah, just the yeah, meeting. The exactly. Yeah, Whatever Dr. happened outside of the meeting, I, I, I obviously don't want to know, especially not on a recording. Yep. But that was <laughs> right. Did you guys know each other prior to that? No. Was... Now, remind me, I know there were about a, a dozen, that, that dirty dozen. I know Dr. Pullman was there. Dobin was there. Dr. Edwards was there. Dr. Sheroff was there. Dr. Bevelman right. was there from the UK. I'm sorry, from Netherlands. Dr. Vicente Gracias, I believe, was there. He I have a, a photo of that um, that yep. bulletin. I'm trying to remember all the names that I've seen on that. Let's Diaz, Gracias, um, Shiroff, Gaspari, Lautenberg, Pullman, Bemelman, Dobin, Edwards, Kim, and White. That's right. That's that's, that's quite the lineup. Right. I yeah, know, the at the Green Valley. Can you imagine the kind of trouble that they caused <laughs> yeah. after the meeting? I don't know of anybody else, but I had a pretty bad case of imposter syndrome on that weekend. I must. Oh, my must goodness. <laughs> and poor Tom Albertson trying to keep them all in line later at dinner. I, that just sounds, <laughs> that sounds very challenging. But I'm sure that was a room of giants. That, yeah, uh, it was a room of giants. Yeah, very cool opportunity. It was a lot of fun, I remember. Yeah. We finish up with a few updates on the society from Sarah. All right, this week we have case review on Wednesday at 4 o'clock Mountain Time. If you have not already signed up, 
head to the website under case review or um, keep an eye on the newsletter and um, sign up for case review. We have three really terrific cases actually um, have previewed them and um, you will not want to miss that one. We actually have kind of a unique August. Um, our presenters for our webinar and our journal club um, because of summer schedules and timing, they actually are going to be one day apart. And I know that that um, is a little bit challenging in terms of timing, but it means just twice the goodness. So on um, August 10th, we have um, Journal Club and August 11th, we have a webinar. So mark both of them on your calendar. They have different times. I'm not going to, you know, pester you with both the times at this moment, but keep an eye again out on the newsletter because you'll want to mark both of those and then um, we will have case review at the end of the month. So that particular second week of August is is kind of a hot one for, for CWIS. Um, so put those on your calendar and, and we love to see as many people as we can. Also a general reminder, if you have not applied to be a CWIS Collaborative Center, this is a great time to do a deep dive, go back to the website, check it out, see if you, um, if you qualify, if you're interested. I mean, we're gonna be meeting with the Collaborative Centers group here in the next week and discussing new projects that are um, open and available for collaborative centers and um, you may want to be part of them. So if you've applied and um, are approved, you'll be able to participate in those and um, certainly would love to, to welcome in as many sites as are interested. So let me know if you have any questions, happy to, happy to help out. Last announcement, the October case review is going to be reserved for octo and older patients. So, spooky case, um, case review. And uh, to celebrate uh, the month of October with octo cases, let me know if you have anyone to contribute and we'll look forward to that case review in particular. Any questions, gentlemen? Well, I have a question. Membership. Why is, why is R. Adams not one of our collaborative centers yet? If Dr. Diaz doesn't have bandwidth for that, I'm sure he can find a junior partner. Well, why don't I just send him an application and he can check it out then? How about yeah. that? <laughs> I real very interested young faculty that would be happy to contribute. Fantastic. Perfect. We'll look forward to it. Perfect. Real quick for this uh, October oh, yes. Octos, are we supposed to like dress up for these case presentations? I see no reason why we wouldn't. <laughs> I see no reason why we would not use an opportunity for costumes. <laughs> Even if you're just a guest, you know, if you're just if you're just participating and you decide to wear, you know, your Clifford the Big Red dog, whatever, like, you know, go Big Red. I understand it's a Nebraska thing. That That's works. right. That's right. Whatever <laughs> works. Can I put a plug in for the less than perfect trial? Jose yes. probably doesn't know about this yet, but we're, we're designing a study now. It's going to the IRB in a few days. Intermountain is going to be the host site, but it's, it's a multi, it's a collaborative effort between multiple sites, but it's basically a prospective look at hardware failure and Kind of. Um, it's a it's a survey study. If you have a failure, you notify us. We set up a scripted interview with one of our investigators, and we ask you questions about the the specifics of that case as best you can recall or discern, it, so that we can kind of get data on failures in in somewhat real time. Uh, it's an interesting study design. I think it will bear fruit. We want to demystify and destigmatize failures. Failures is a plate that lifted off or it broke or a screw came out or anything that technically didn't go perfectly. We would like to analyze that case. We would expect that an individual member in a year's time or a year and a half's time is not going to have more than one or two of these. So it's not like everybody's going to be contributing a bunch, but we'll need multiple members um, to identify failures in, in real time and then what, how they feel about it, what they do about it, 
who did they talk to about it? What how, you know? Did they take the plate out? Did they leave it in? To, just you're going to try to get a little more granular on why some cases don't end up perfectly. And fortunately, there 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 there, there are few of them. But we I don't think we know enough, enough about them that we should. So less than perfect. You'll hear more about it. We'll bombard you with emails. We'll get we'll send you a refrigerator magnet, whatever whatever <laughs> we need. But we just wanted to put it on people's radar screens. When you identify a failure, a little light bulb should go off, and you should contact us so you can be part of the study. No, I'd be happy to contribute. I mean, I immediately thought of a patient who I know I have a failure, <clears throat> and I think it was uh, patient selection as well as uh, repair selection. Oh, morbidly obese who fell and broke her costal margin ended up with some rib fractures. Uh, and tried to address the rib fracture and the fracture of the costal margin because she's developed a hernia. Put in a, uh, an initial plate that lifted off, but she also had a hernia recurrence. She did not lose weight. Uh, she continued, you know, as active as she had been before. Used a biologic the first time. Uh, second time ended up using a, a permanent mesh. Uh, again, just bringing everything together, uh, putting a different plate on because I needed something to hold a mesh. Uh, and it took her longer, but she failed anyway. Uh, probably had gained an extra 50 pounds. There's a lady who weighed about 350 pounds. Uh, in the end, I said, you know, this, and she wanted surgery because it hurt. Uh, she had a bulge and her symmetry was off. Uh, and in the end, decided that we weren't going to do anything. The plate wasn't hurting anything. And even though it had floated off, you know, she was just going to live with the pain. And in the end, this is probably a judgment issue in terms of the fact that she probably should not have had any surgery at all because failure was going to occur no matter what you did to her. So I think that, uh, you know, not only is it, as you know, Tom, it's usually a, a, a clinical decision, you know, patient selection, uh, I think we are still in the era of knowing how to select different uh, uh, devices for the different injury patterns that are out there. And, and so I, I think that's part of the science that uh, needs to be elaborated still. So you endorse the study. You support this notion of Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's no different than venture hernia repairs. Yeah. yeah. Same. You just mentioned five or six different learning points in that case at least. I counted five. There might have been more, but that kind of experience on that one case can be so instructional and so educational for a multitude of surgeons, not just you and the part your partner. That that I think that's the importance here is that we we can learn these lessons and use them to uh to do better next time. Really that's the goal, right? So uh thank you for that. I think that's terrific. So you you heard it from the, one of the ma the Zen masters that this study is valid and that you should contribute cases and not feel angst about admitting that you had a failure. Uh, I have a I have a final stitch. It's uh, just kind of came spontaneously. I was delighted about 25 minutes ago to learn that Dr. Dr. Patel and Dr. Diaz are friends and co uh, co conspirators in this whole chest wall injury thing. Dr. Bavik Patel is one of our faithful members from. From Australia, and uh, I, I just I'm just delighted to know that these two people who I really embrace and and adore they 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 are simpatico. So that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks and thanks again for coming, Jose. Absolutely. I just want to make a quick shout out to all the folks that are continuing uh, to contribute in this arena. Uh, obviously, Dr. Patel, Dr. Sarani, but uh, others in the past that have contributed, Brian, Kim, and Mayo. 
Marcel Taffin, who's up at Albany, Carrie uh, Valdez, uh, who's uh, now at Ohio State, and others that uh, have uh, helped, uh, you know, add to their skill set. You know, they continue to contribute and probably have contributed more than I have in my experience, which is exciting. I mean, it's fun to see. Absolutely. Yes, it is. Uh, my shout out's going to, or my, uh, my final stitch, um, guys, we are 48 days away from NFL kickoff football. I don't know if you guys are getting excited. I'm getting pretty excited. Dr. Diaz, how are the Baltimore Ravens looking this year? They going to the Super Bowl? Uh, well, if we can keep our quarterback healthy, I think we'll be, I think, competitive. So we're looking forward to uh, it. It's going to be an exciting season. I can already feel it. Zach, yeah. I Go Dallas Cowboys. Are you a Chiefs fan or a Cowboys Go fan? Go Cowboys. I'm, 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 a, I'm a Cowboys fan. Okay. You bet he is. You <laughs> bet he is. That's right. He's American, so he's a Cowboys fan. That's right. Okay. That's exactly. Sarah, what's your right. final stitch? So I have two. The first one, um, we we had just a really good planning call with um, Leah Dobson and, and Dr. Michael Guzman today. Um, for the Sivas Britannia meeting, and it is it they are just both just so have been so integral in this this endeavor and so grateful. So shout out to them for for all their their efforts. And the second is just a personal delight. I today was listening to a podcast and they made reference to young voters and then clarified that it was any voters under 45, which I still qualify to be, and it delighted my soul to no end that I was considered You're a young. young. Voter. Yes, indeed. I am a young person, at least according to the PBS Marist poll. Thank you very much. And I'm going to ride that pony until the very last day. (laughs) 